Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your questions, your lawn and garden questions this morning. So don't wait. Uh, you know this hour tends to be a busy one every week. And uh, call in your lawn and garden questions or send a text. Again, same number, 651-989-9226. Good morning to you, Teresa Rooney. Good morning, Denny Vaughn. How are you? I'm doing quite well, staying cool. And uh, I was thinking, I know we're going to be getting a lot of questions about uh, uh, lawns. And uh, maybe we could kind of jump on that right away. People are going to be texting and calling in about, can I fertilize yet? And I'm looking ahead at this this week's right. forecast in the 90s. So fertilizing, yeah. weed and feed, this kind of stuff, what do you recommend they do or not do? I would say the only thing you want to be doing with your lawn now is if it's been drought stressed for more than four weeks, I would maybe water Otherwise, just don't do anything. Don't be mowing it unless it's really high and has to be mowed. Don't be fertilizing it. Uh, you don't want to add that extra stress into the plants. Definitely, you probably aren't going to be wanting to use any pesticides at all on the lawn or the garden. Um, once we get above a certain temperature, a lot of those pe pesticides, the active chemical just vaporizes into the air. So it can drift and it can land on someone else's plant. And all you're getting is the sticker agents and other inert ingredients on your plant. So you're not doing any any good for anybody. So you know, I'm giving you guys a break. You can just sit back and enjoy some cool uh, cool beverages and just relax a little bit. Stay out of the sun. Don't be uh, feeding. Don't be watering. I'm sorry, do water. And don't be um, uh, using pesticides in your garden right now. It's just too hot. And uh, like a lot of areas have uh, restrictions on watering. You have water restrictions, so follow those water restrictions. Yeah. That's the law. You know, we've got to manage our resources very, very carefully. And just be aware that when it's this hot, you're under stress, too. You can see how stressed your lawn is. You're under stress, too. So be careful out in the garden. Don't overdo it. Make sure you're wearing your sunscreen. Make sure you're staying hydrated. You need to stay hydrated, too. So just like your plants do, you have to be careful, too. That's a very good point. I'm glad you brought that up, yeah. Teresa. Yeah, stay hydrated. Keep covered. Yeah. Um, we already ta have text messages and callers as well. I'll tell you what, let's do this. Uh, Al's calling in from Plymouth this morning. Let's grab a phone call first, and then we'll uh, pick up on text messages. Al, what's your question for Teresa? 
Hi, we have some rhubarb that we planted five years ago, and we have didn't harvest it for three years, and now we start stop picking it at the first of July. And I'm each fall I put uh, rotted manure on that, uh, work it in around the rhubarb. I'm wondering if right now at the start of July, should I be fertilizing that rhubarb? I would say you could if it was cooler. Really stressful right now. It's really hot. So if you're going to fertilize, maybe just top dress with a little compost, or you could just top dress with a little uh, extended extended fertilizer, the granulars. You don't want to be overdoing it. It, it, it rhubarb is a very heavy feeder, and it tastes delicious. Uh, but you don't want to be stressing your plants. So just keep everything watered the best you can, Alan. Good luck with your rhubarb, and enjoy that rhubarb. It's delicious. Yeah. Thank you for the call, 651-989-9226. Again, that's the phone number and the text number. Speaking of which, this texter says, can you move lilies at this time? How about uh, coral bells? Uh, you can you can move those plants at this time if they're not blooming. However, again, it's really stressful. If you don't have to move the plants, don't move them. But if you do have to move them, maybe a day or two before you move them, give your plants a great big drink of water uh, so that they're really hydrated and, and they're not stressed, they're not dry. And then go ahead, dig the hole where you're going to put them. Fill the hole up with water just before you move them. Let the water drain out. You want to hydrate that soil around the water. Then dig up the root ball as big as you can. Put it into the soil, backfill, put it in your hole, backfill, and give another really good drink of water. Uh, and that should work for you. Remember, if you have a really heavy clay soil, you want to plant those plants just a little bit higher than they were before so the water always drains away from the crowns. That's especially important with your coral bells or hookah. That, that can get crown rot really easy, especially if they have a wet spring and their water just pools around the plant. So if you don't have a, a really clay soil, you can just plant them at the same depth. You can always add a little uh, compost into the pot, into the soil when you're backfilling for those plants. And then just remember, any plants you transplant during the year, you're going to kind of have to baby them through the winter season because they're just like brand new plants and they've undergone a big shock. So you want to make sure that you do keep watering them well. And then this year, you may want to winter mulch them just a little bit. Uh, give them a little bit of protection so they can get through the winter okay. The next year, they'll be all fine. Good luck with those transplanting of lilies and coral bells. Yeah. This listener wants to know, by the way, if you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney helping you out on our Smart Garden Show today. How much topsoil do I need to grow grass over a cut-down tree trunk? I have, it says, only a half inch in some spots. Okay. So, so if the trunk was cut down and you left the big trunk there, uh, all the roots in the soil, uh, that, that, those roots are going to take some time to decay. You can add just a little bit of topsoil. You know, you want to maybe put in two or three inches if you can incorporate it any way that you possibly can into the soil. So you have, rather than a layering, you don't want to really layer topsoil on top of regular soil. You want to kind of mix it together so there's a little bit of mix. So it's not one different kind of soil on top of another. You want to mix it a little bit. It can be topsoil, then a little layer of mix together, and then the regular um, soil on top of another. You want to mix it a little bit. It can be topsoil, then a little layer of mix together, and then the regular um, soil that you have there. And if you've 
However, if you have uh, mulch, I'm sorry, if they've ground out the roots, they've gotten a lot of that out of there, but there's still going to be a lot of issues with some chips in there and things like that. So you may see some nitrogen deficiency in that grass that you do put down. So just be aware of that if the grass suddenly starts to look very yellow. Um, it, it just means that what's decaying underground, because it's all covered and incorporated in the soil, has started to decay. And as plants decompose, they draw nitrogen from the soil. Once they get to a certain level of decomposition, they release all that nitrogen. So then you could get a nitrogen burn. That's why we don't bury mulches and things, uh, wood mulches. We just put them on top of the soil. Uh, so just be aware that that is a problem. Um, that could be an issue. Just just keep watering it. And don't be planting your grass seed down. It's way too hot. Way too hot. Yeah. Way sure. too hot. Let's grab another phone call, Teresa. Jan is calling in this morning from Greenwood, I believe. Jan, you're on the CCO with Teresa. Hi, Teresa, and good morning. morning. Yes, I was wondering about a lavender tree. Um, I bought them this uh, spring. So, do you know, do I cut the little flowers off, bring them in in the winter, or? Mm. Oh, so it's a plant, it's a lavender, it's tree. lavender that's been topiaried into a tree? Correct. There's okay, okay. All right, so that's not going to be hardy for us in the winter. So, yes, keep it outside right now. Want to do into the fall, maybe put it in a little bit of shade. Say it can, I don't know what zone it is, probably seven, eight, nine, somewhere like that. So, you don't want to take, be hit by any frost. So, once we start getting those cooler nights, move that plant in where it's getting a little less sun and more shade, and then it will be adapting to, to lower light levels. And then, just before you bring it in, give the plant a really good wash, wash the pot, make sure you get all the insects off. Um, all the little icky stuff that's on there, wash the bottom of the pot and the saucer, bring the plant into the house, sequester it from your other plants for about two weeks, just to make sure it didn't bring in any spider mites or anything like that. And then put that in the sunniest place in your house that you possibly can. You may need to augment some light on that. Uh, you can put a, a grow light in or just a, a nice bright bulb that doesn't get hot. Uh, doesn't feel hot on the plant. And then just keep it watered. Um, it's harder for us to sometimes do some of these plants in the house in the winter, but I'd give it a shot and enjoy your plants. They're so pretty. The lavender smells delicious. Very good. Let us, Teresa, take a quick break here and invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, by all means, call it in or text it in, whichever is easier. And it's the same number, 651 989 9226. Back with Teresa Rooney and your questions here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long in this end, along with Teresa Rooney, who is a master gardener helping you out today. And by the way, Teresa, we should always mention, like we like to do every so often, is uh, get on that University of Minnesota website. Uh, if you want some great reading or you want to do some research, that really is a fun source, isn't it? It is, and that's extension.umn.edu. And you can learn how to water wisely. You can figure out what to do with your grass, what to do with Japanese beetles, uh, figure out what plants you want to grow in your yard, uh, what's, what are your plants doing. And there's also the link there for Ask a Master Gardener. If you want to get, to ask a Master Gardener question, you can send them your question. And we'll mention that site, of course, before uh, Teresa leaves us today. 
When's the best time, a listener wants to know, to prune or cut off large branches of a black walnut tree? The black walnut, you can trim that any time. That's not a problem. Uh, you never want it to, if the, if the branches are dead, you can cut them at any time. Um, if you're only pruning for shape or height or something like that, then you want to make sure that you only take off about 25% or a quarter of the entire tree foliage at one time. And if you're doing large branches, make sure you know how the branches are going to fall. You do three cuts. You do an undercut about, uh, you know, six, eight inches away from the trunk and you're breaking the bark is what you're doing. And then you just want to break the bark. So that'll just be about an inch deep. And then you go a little bit further out and you can take the weight off of the branch. Then you cut that big branch off and then you're left with a stub. And what you want to do is find the branch collar on the tree. That's where the tree joins the, the, the trunk, joins the branch. And it's a little different kind of wood right there. You want to cut just level with that, just on top of that. In that little branch collar is are the chemicals that will help the tree seal the wound, and that's what you want to do. So, so you want to make sure you don't cut that off, so you don't cut it flush, or you don't leave a stump out there where you could hang your jacket. You don't want to do that. So there's okay. some hints on pruning. Very good. Back to the phones we go. I think Jan is on the horn. Uh, Jan, you are on with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good morning. Thank you so much. Um, Hello. Yes. Um, Yesterday, I had to dig up a garden bed due to some construction on our driveway. I've put all my plants in buckets in the shade, um, and I'm just wondering, (laughs) I'm not going to be able to replant these until next week. Should I transplant them somewhere else? Uh, Can I wait and just keep them damp and in the buckets and in the shade? My main concern is an heirloom peony that I have. Gotcha. Um, what I would do is rather than moving it and transplanting it again and then planting again, um, I think you've got the right idea right now, Jan. Keep them in the shade. Keep them very well watered. If it's going to be a hot, dry wind, you may even want to throw something over them. Just just break the wind a little bit so they don't dry out more. Keep everything together. Um, save yourself some work. So just transplant them the one time. And then when you do transplant your peony, Make sure that you're not planting it deeper than it was before. Uh, what you'll see on the crown of the peony are little points sticking up. They're usually red, kind of red points. And those are the eyes. And you want those right at the surface. They're no more than, say, an inch below the surface. And then you know that your peony will bloom. If you plant the, the peony too deep, it becomes blind and it will not bloom. So make sure you're going to plant your peony into an area that's that you have a lot of compost, a lot of nice, rich soil, and full sun, and good luck with all your transplant jam. Take care. It's going to be hot out there. Uh, the listener wants, it was a Japanese beetle question, uh, Teresa. It says, this week a neighbor claims there is now a spray which eliminates them. Is that true? Have you heard of a, a spray that eliminates the Japanese beetle? There could be something out there that, that you could spray. Um, I'm not sure what every, everything they're bringing out. Again, you don't want to use those pesticides when it's hot because they'll, they'll just vaporize in the air. You want to make sure you read the instructions and follow them. Uh, and, and you could definitely go to the extension website, uh, extension.umn.edu. And then we have an article on Japanese beetles there that will help you a lot figure out what to do. Very good. It'll give you, because when you're spraying pesticides, you could be impacting good bugs and our pollinators. 
you have to be really careful and, and you don't want it to get in the water system. And you have to be really careful when you're using chemicals. And again, you always say, and you and your colleagues, read the directions. Read the sure. label. The label is the yeah. law. And just stand there in the store and read it. And if it doesn't make sense to you, get one of the nursery people over there to help you figure it out. And just keep asking questions till you thoroughly yeah. understand what you're doing. Absolutely. This listener says, last year, many of my potted tomatoes were red on the outside but green on the inside. What can I do to prevent this from happening again? Sometimes that happens when the, when, with weird weather. If, if it doesn't stay warm or if it was kind of cool or they're not getting enough sun, sometimes the weather can really impact the plants uh, with the heat, with the coolness, with sun, with water. Uh, all of that impacts the plants. So what you want to do now is make sure that your tomatoes are in full sun. They're getting as much sun as you can give them. You're keeping them really well hydrated, especially if they're in pots. That may mean watering them two or three times a day. You may want to set up a drip irrigation system that keeps that soil moist, not soaking wet, but moist. Um, and that will really help uh, eliminate some of these problems you have. But, you know, we can't fight Mother Nature, so she's going to no. throw 90 at us. Lots of times if it doesn't cool down at night, our tomatoes, they, they need that cooler night, night temperatures. The plants need a difference between night and day. And if they don't get it, they just kind of stop growing, just sit there. They're just really stressed. So just be gentle with them. Speaking of the hot weather, we're going to be taking a look at that hot forecast coming up in just moments here. If you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering your lawn and garden questions today on our Smart Garden Show. We have another half hour of the show to go here on News Talk A3OWCCO. Hang in there. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your lawn and garden questions for folks like Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, who's helping you out today. Call us or text us, same number, 651-989-9226. And Teresa, as usual, uh, we have a, a lot of, of both. Uh, but, you know, what we always like to do, too, and let's do it again today, is... Uh, uh, urge our folks to get out to the Arboretum. What a great resource that is. What a fun place to visit. It's a wonderful place. You can see if you're thinking of planting a tree, you can see how big that tree is going to get, what it's going to look like when it's full size, the actual shape of it. You have some great ideas about putting uh, uh, perennials together. It's a beautiful, uh, bat there's beautiful containers out there. It's just an amazing place. You can learn so much at the garden. You can visit the maze, the Chinese garden, the Japanese garden. Uh, you know, next month or in August, make sure you hit the uh, ornamental grass garden out on Three Mile Drive. It's like a magical place if you go out there in, in August and September. It's just, it's a magical place. So it, there, there's just so much to do with the arbor. It's truly a gem. We're so lucky. Head out west on Highway 5 to about 41. You'll see it off to your left and uh, just a little bit further. You will make the But do call. You're not going to need uh, a ticket to get in. And I, I tell you what, I think, isn't it true, uh, Teresa, to, to get online? Check it out online first. Check it out online first. Yep. And if you're a master gardener, you know, you can get out there and, and master gardeners actually can get in free because they're master gardeners. And um, we learn out there. So that's part of our learning. That's so neat. enjoy. That's great. Uh, here's a lawn question, Teresa. We have a texter says a circle of dry or dead grass in our lawn. What could this be? 
Well, there's something that probably happened underneath there, depending on how big the circle is. Uh, if you have a dog in the area, that could be a dog spot. Or perhaps it was like our previous person who had a tree cut down, and that was where the, the grass was growing over where a tree had been cut down years ago. That could be an issue. So you kind of have to figure out what's the history of that area. If you can't figure it out, um, take some really good pictures of where the circle ends and the good lawn begins, some really tight pictures, and you can send that into the Ask a Master Gardener people. They need to kind of see that boundary as to what it's looking like. Look at the grass. Um, does it have fungal spores on it? What, what happened? Did it happen all of a sudden? Does it happen every year? Maybe that area of grass is just a grass that can't take the heat and it dies down really fast. And it comes back up again in the um, when we get cooler. Uh, so you just kind of have to look and see how often has it been happening? How big is it? Is it getting bigger? Uh, and, and try to try to do some work on there. But do go to the extension website also. There's some really good pictures about lawns and lawn diseases that might be able to help you. Extension.umn.edu is yep. another resource mm-hmm. for yep. sure. All right, Teresa, let's go back to the phones. Gordon's calling in from Cambridge this morning. Gordon, you are on CCO. Good morning. Yeah, I'm wondering how soon can I lift an old iris planting that's over 30 years in that one spot, and I want to trim and replant in a different place. Uh, okay. What you what you could be doing now, it's, it's a little too hot to do it right now. Uh, if you can wait till we get some cooler temperatures, August is usually the best time to do it, but as soon as we get some cooler temperatures, you could also do it. Make sure that you have the spot all ready for it. Incorporate a bunch of compost into that area because they're heavy seeders, and then you'll want to dig them up. And if these are the bearded iris, they, they grow by corms. They're big, like they look like ginger roots, big, big, big uh, bulbs like under the under the soil you want to plant those so that the backs of the corm is at ground level so you can see that so you're not going to want to bury them you probably cut back the leaves a little bit because you are burying them so shallow if you leave the tall leaves on they'll just pull themselves right out of the soil and the cool thing with irises is they kind of walk um, by that i mean they're the growing grows in one direction so you want them to grow out from each other not crashing into each other. And as soon as you lift up the iris corm, you will totally understand what I'm saying by that. Um, you have the mother corm and then you have the daughter corm, and they just kind of walk out so you, your bed gets bigger and bigger all the time. And you do have to transplant those because if they get too tight, they do stop blooming. So good luck with that, Gordon. Enjoy transplanting your, your irises. Very good. Thank you for the call. Let's see. Here's a listener that says, I have a new autumn blaze maple tree at my townhouse that was planted last fall. The trunk is about two-inch diameter. Its leaves are turning fall colors. I think it's stressed and needs water. I do not have a soaker hose, but a regular hose. Uh, Questions are, how should I water it, how long, how often, and any other suggestions? That's a really good question. You know, even if you had a tree that you transplanted two, three, four years ago, you really need to be taking care of those trees um, because they, they they will be stressed. So if you, if you don't have a soaker hose and you don't have a gator bag, you can buy the gator bags where you just fill up the bag and it slowly leaks out. Just take your hose out there, run it on a trickle. You'll just have to monitor it and move it around. You would like to give your, your trees about 20 gallons of water every week. And that's a lot of water if you think about it. So the trickle is going to have to run for a long time, but it's a big, big tree ball. 
So you want to make sure that you're watering it as much as you possibly can. I've noticed a lot of trees uh, on my drives that are really under stress. You can see the, the leaves turning yellow and turning fall colors. It just means our trees are really stressed. It's really droughty. They need all the help we can give them. And if any of your plants are stressed, try not to be doing anything that makes them more stressed. You don't want to be doing a lot of pruning or a lot of moving or a lot of fertilizer. You just want to water and leave them alone if possible. Yeah, good luck good with point. your autumn blaze. Yeah. yeah, it's been a tough season. It has uh, ba- been. Back to the phones, Teresa. Let's see. Carl calling in from St. Paul this morning. Carl, thank you for waiting. What's your question for Teresa? Okay, Teresa. Okay, say we got an elderberry bush in the backyard. And it's uh, turned uh, kind of brown. It's brown on one side and the other side is kind of green. Mm-hmm. And and it's drooping. Yep. And it, what's it, the cause of that? There could be some causes there. It could just be that it, it got broken somehow by squirrels running over it like mad things, and they just kind of broke near the bottom. Check the base where it goes into the, into the soil. See if where that brown limb has any holes in it that could be borers. It's probably just really dry, so water it well. You can see if that branch is still alive. You can bend it. If it bends, it's still alive. It may have just browned up and lost leaves, but they should come back again. If it snaps, it's dead, then I would prune the dead out of there um, and right away. And then as you prune it, look at it. Is there a hole in there? Did something bore through? You can kind of look and see. But um, good luck with that, Carl. Uh, it's this hot weather. This drought is hard on our plants and hard on us. Really is. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Carl. Uh, this listener says, my tomato plants seem to have some type of leaf disease. The leaves are curling. The veins are turning purplish blue. I believe this is a fungus. Uh, I water them from the bottom up. There's no vegetation touching the soil. Is there anything I can do about this? Also, are the tomatoes okay to eat? The tomatoes will be fine to eat. It's not a problem. Um, and, and make sure that if you do use anything on your, your plants that you're eating your food from, that it's certified that it's okay to use on edible plants. You don't want to use a poison that would poison you too. Uh, it almost more sounds like you have tomato leaf curl or um, that there's maybe a magnesium deficiency or uh, some deficiency in the soil. Oftentimes when we see funny colors on the, on the leaves, like purples and things like that, it it sometimes can mean that there's certain mineral trace minerals um, in the soil that are not there. And that can happen because we have to water so much that we wash away those things. So get go onto the website, look and see what's wrong with my plant. If it is leaf curl, there's nothing you can do. It's, those leaves will probably never uncurl. It's just, it's just a thing that happens with some tomato plants. Is a disease, but it doesn't really impact the plant. They just throw up their leaves, and it's just kind of weird. Uh, but do look at the extension website. Go to what's wrong with my plant and tomato diseases and try to figure out what you're seeing there, and then follow the instructions. Um, but do keep watering it. You may need to supplement with a little bit of fertilizer because you are watering so much. But I would first go to the extension website and try to narrow down what you're actually seeing. Good luck with your tomatoes. Very good. Uh, this uh, listener says, I have rainwater in a rain barrel. Uh, due to the heat, there is green, quote, slime in it. Can I still use it to water my tomato plants and or my flowers? Use it to water your flowers. Uh, the university, I believe, is still recommending not to use rainwater, uh, rain barrel water on our edibles um, if you have to. And, and I would say don't use it on your edibles if you can. 
if you if you don't absolutely have to. But if you have to, use uh, edibles where you're not going to eat the leaves, where you're going to only eat the fruit, like tomatoes or beans. Uh, the plant will filter out a lot of the problems that may be in in the water. But otherwise, I would just use it on your on your plants. And rainwater should be used up. Don't let it sit there. Don't save it. Use it up. So your, your rain barrel is ready for the next rain if we ever get rain again. If we ever and get If so. it ever shows yeah. up again. And then if you want to empty out your rain barrel and you can give it a good scrub, clean out, and get that slime out of there. And, you know, it's, it's stagnant water, so it's going to get kind of yeah. slimy and kind of gross. So that's why you just have your rain barrel to hold some water and then you want to get it out of there. And you do want to make sure that it can be ready for the next usage. And speaking of water and all the watering we're doing, Make sure that you're not leaving standing buckets of water around or bird baths. You're emptying them every few days. You don't want to be bringing mosquito larvae. You don't want to have a hatchery out there. So, no. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah. So, so be careful. I mean, the hot weather is nice because maybe the mosquitoes aren't that bad, but you don't want to leave any standing water out there for mosquitoes to breathe in. Good idea. Thanks for that, Teresa. Hang on. We're going to take a quick break. You're more leave any standing water out there for mosquitoes to breathe in. Good idea. Thanks for that, Teresa. Hang on. We're going to take a quick break. Your more show to come. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, helping you out today here on our Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us, please. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Denny Long here along with Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, answering your lawn and garden questions this morning. And as usual, Teresa, we have a ton of uh, text messages. And let's see how many folks we can help out before uh, you take your leave today. I know what you're going to say to this one. Is weed be gone a good idea with the hot temps on the way? No. No. <laughs> Just read the label. It'll tell you. Don't use it over a certain degree. Yeah, too hot. Here's one that says that we're downsizing to a new place and we'll have a balcony. It faces west, so there's shade in the morning, hot sun in the afternoon. Any advice on growing flowers in pots and boxes? Oh, congratulations on your new home. Uh, Yes. So what I would do is I would make sure that you're growing flowers that are full sunflowers. Don't want that. You will have to have some watering out there. So either put up a drip system or make sure you have buckets of water or or you can get water out there. And what you might want to do is consider double wall containers. And by that, I mean putting your plants in a container inside a bigger container so that there's little airspace between the two container walls. That will keep the roots of the plants a little bit cooler. It shades that container. It can look very decorative. Um, and, and it also will just help the plants not be as stressed out there. And learn how the wind goes and how, you know, if you do need a little a little shade out there, just learn and enjoy it. And good luck with your, you can grow a lot of herbs out there. And good luck with your new place. Very good. Someone is appreciative of the info they got from the show. It said, I have a magnolia with white scale slash mold last week. I sort of plastered it with the, off with water from the hose. This really helped this morning. Uh, I uh, neemed oiled it. I just want to say thanks for your great information every Saturday. So oh, thank you for you're that. You're most welcome. Um, Julie and uh, Mary and I really love doing this show. So we love, love getting your questions. Yeah, we do, too, here. It's great. We love the show. Slugs. There's a slug question. Will this dry weather have killed them off? I had an extreme problem last year with about 50 hostas. This season, I've put down iron phosphate, have had only a couple of slugs. 
I've been wondering, could they reemerge if the rains return this year, or will they come back next year, or will they be gone for good? Is the they, question. They, they won't be gone for good. It, no. You know, hostas and and watering is just a perfect combination for them. So do stay, do keep doing what you're doing. Um, we aren't seeing as many slugs this year because of the hot weather. But then when you do start to do that extra watering, um, the eggs will then hatch in the little slugs. So pay attention where you had slugs before. And as soon as you start seeing the little ones, be very proactive, whether that means, you know, not watering as much, pulling back the mulch, using iron phosphate, um, putting out traps if you want to do that. Um, the sooner you can hit those concentrations of of uh, insects, whether they're slugs, the Japanese beetle, the sooner you can impact the numbers, the better you come off. So you want to want to be really proactive and really aware of it. Good luck with your slugs and no slugs. That's what we want. No, no slugs. slugs. All right. Uh, this listener says a two-year-old limelight hydrangea growing almost full shade, no sign of uh, flowering yet. Is there too much shade, maybe? There's too much shade. Um, the limelight might need a little bit more sunshine. So try to figure out where, maybe just leave it where it is now, but figure out where's a good space for it. Where can you move it where it might get some east sun or um, some really maybe dappled uh, south sun, where it can just get a little more sunlight. Prepare that area, and then when it's a little cooler, dig up the plant and move it um, doing the holes and filling holes with water and everything like that, and then just watch it, um, take care of it over the winter time. maybe protect it from bunnies and things like that. Just, yeah, give it a little more sun. It needs a little bit more. All right. This listener, uh, listener wants to know, what would be eating the leaves of a stilby in a raised bed? Uh, it, it, you Well, you want to look at what the leaves look like. Are there holes in them, or are the edges being eaten? Or is the entire plant being skeletonized where all you can see is the veins? Um, if you can catch the insects in the in the act, that's very helpful. Um, so go out there at different times of the day and see what you see out there. Um, and is the is the disease is the um, the damage increasing, or are you just seeing it and now the insect has moved on and there's no more damage? So try to work some of those. You know, go follow some of those steps, and if you get a picture of the insect, that will really help you. And then you can go to the um, extension website and see what's what's eating my plants. Uh, or if you can't, you can't still figure it out. Um, or if you get a picture and you don't know what it is, get a really good picture and then send that to the Ask the Master Gardener people. And here in Hennepin County, some of the Master Gardens are at farmers markets too, so you can um, bring a sample in there and also look at. They'll also try to help you. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, some of the some of the farmers markets uh, you can uh, see a visit with master gardeners there. Yeah. That's a great We're idea. We're not in all of them because we right. some of them just didn't have the space, but yeah, we we are at a lot of them here in Hennepin County, and I'm sure in other counties too. Less than two minutes to go on the show, Teresa. Oh, Let's no. see what we can do here. Uh, why do some African violets grow with the leaves so tightly compacted in the middle of the plant? Are the buds able to break through? Can anything be done to prevent this? You know, it's just how some of the African violets grow. Uh, we have some information on the website. You could also talk to the Minnesota African violet people and ask them. But it's just some some plants just grow really tight, and that's what they do. And the, the flowers will come if it's if you've got enough. Uh, enough light and enough um, good nutrition in the soil, the flowers will come. All right, a quick one here. Are some orchids lower maintenance than others? If so, which type of orchid is it? What do you recommend? Do the Phalaenopsis, the moth orchid, that's P-H-A-E-L, 
Phalaenopsis. It's a pH, it's a pH. It's the ones you're going to see sold in all the stores. It's also called the moth orchid. That's one of the easiest ones to grow. The moth orchid, okay. Moth. Mm-hmm. M-O-T-H. All right. Well, Teresa, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure, and uh, I hope you stay cool this uh, this coming week, and we'll uh, get another show underway next week. Sounds good. It's been my pleasure, Denny, and everybody, please stay cool and be safe out there. Yeah, indeed. Thanks so much, Teresa. Teresa Bye-bye. Rooney, Master Gardener. Bye-bye. Uh, and again, here's the uh, university website if you want to, if you haven't checked it out. Great reading. If you want to stay cool, it's uh, extension dot umn dot edu extension dot umn dot edu we always recommend highly you check that those folks put in a lot of work on that and there's some uh, great info use it myself quite often as a matter of fact all right get those home improvement questions ready andy lindis will be helping you out on our home improvement show next hour this coming hour in the nine o'clock hour i can tell you that we're going to get up to near 88 today. We're at 68 right now. We dropped to 64 overnight, 87 tomorrow, and then the 90s return here to the Twin Cities, 91 Monday, maybe 96 on Thursday. How about now? South winds at 3, dew point 62, partly cloudy, 68 degrees in the Twin Cities. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 